Well, hi there. You are listening to the Title Town Podcast. My name is Austin Gain, and I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhanka. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. Took a week break due to some unforeseen circumstances, but we are back mm-hmm. a day later than usual, but here nonetheless. We're here nonetheless. And the, and the Packers are doing well. And the Packers are three and one. They have rebounded from the Saints game. They are not who they were in that game, as Aaron Rodgers told all of us. And the national media tried to tell us that the Packers stink. Turns out they don't. And they are three and one heading into this game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, they are. And I think the best place to start this podcast is recapping the Steelers game. Yes, I agree. Uh, A fun game. It was fun. There's no fun, yet, yet it was still a little boring <laughs> in some areas. <laughs> what you, as far as the lack of offense from the Steelers after the first drive? Well, and also really the lack of offense on Green Bay's part in the second half. Yeah. I mean, it was still a lot of good things to see, but also, you know, I don't know. I feel like we would kill the Packers if they were just running the ball when they were up big. And I feel like we kill them because they get so aggressive when they're up big. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand why they just can't run their offense when we're up big yes. of mixing the run and pass. It feels like anytime we're up, they abandon one of them and then things just go South. And obviously I don't think at any point of the game, we really feel like the Steelers were in it once the Packers got to their lead, just with how Mm -hmm. Ben Roethlisberger was playing with the lackluster play calling of every third down throwing at least four yards before the sticks, you know? (laughs) So I think, you know, it was a great game because obviously we had our concerns with a pretty good defense and JJ Watt, or I'm sorry, TJ Watt, On the Mm -hmm. other side with the Packers offense, I feel like when they played their style of offense really took it to the Steelers. Yes, I agree. And and in spite of the injuries, it is remarkable how great the offensive line is playing. Yes. All considering. Yeah. And I think, you know, early on in Rogers career, we saw a few in middle of his career, I would say we've seen a few interesting off the offensive lines to say the least, but the past, three seasons he has had tremendous health and and also depth where a guy goes down and immediately someone comes in and steps up and delivers uh, a great performance and Yash Nijman I mean he has played tremendously the past two games and another name to really think and give credit to is Billy Mm -hmm. Turner we have not talked about him at all and that's one a good thing because obviously if he was letting uh, sacks up like a turnstile we talk about him constantly but mm-hmm. he has been steady every eddie over there at right tackle and the two rookies Myers and uh, Newman killing it and right. hopefully we'll get um, um, I'm blanking on his name Elkin Jenkins back right uh, this week so yeah we we talked about it before the podcast it, it'll be an embarrassment of riches once we get back our two best offensive linemen yeah Debach and Jenkins and I yeah. mean, we'll have tremendous depth there once they're all healthy and as good yeah. as everyone else has played. It's a, it's a fantastic thing to have for sure. 
Yeah, and I think one thing that Matt LaFleur keeps talking about, and I think we've we've seen it the past two weeks more than obviously week one against the Saints and week two against the Lions, but the run game is getting going. But once you start adding David Bakhtiari and Jenkins back into that mix, this run game is going to soar. And Matt LaFleur keeps talking about uh, Aaron Jones has not had that big 60-yard run, 45-yard run mm-hmm. yet. And those will just add to the numbers. And of course, getting a guy like David Bakhtiari and Elkin Jenkins back will totally help that case of breaking teams and getting big plays off runs. Yep. And and speaking of the run, I mean, AJ Dillon had a fun, had a great game. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, you know, as great as his game last year against the Titans, but I mean, he pounded the Steelers, ran the ball down their throat, which is what I've been clamoring for. That was great to see. Yeah, and I think that is a key going forward. Obviously, you know, we're going to talk about some of the injuries because they're starting to pile up, but, you know, Aaron Jones is battling with an ankle. You definitely see him getting off extended periods of times on drives. And I really like the idea of letting A.J. Dillon kind of work you down into the red zone and then just letting Aaron Jones kind of do his thing in the passing game. I think we've seen that for most of the season and it's working to perfection. And I think, you know, one thing I would like to see AJ Dillon do more of is those third and shorts are, you know, going for fourth and two, fourth and three, giving AJ Dillon the ball. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't seen that yet. I feel like the, the play call, um, the play calls always get pretty complicated. I feel like on those downs, but it, we should really just go money, Manio Mano against the other team and just see what happens with a big right. breaking back like AJ Dillon. And having a back like him is just so important. Be able to run the ball and be that physical and yeah. being so freaking hard to tackle. That just wears down defenses and opens yeah. up things for the pass and play action. It's uh, I just I love him. I'm so excited yeah. we have him. Uh how about the Randall Cobb breakout game? <laughs> is this what we could call that? Do we call this the Randall Cobb breakout game? I think it is pretty safe to say that was the welcome home procession prayed for Randall Cobb. And, you know, what I think both of us were saying when this deal got done was this is a move where this helps the third down offense. The third down efficiency will go up with Randall Cobb. And at one point I saw a stat on Twitter where I think it was well over half of Randall Cobb's few receptions this season were off of third down. And I think that's just a role that he can grow into because obviously on third down, the defense's attention is going straight to Devontae Adams. So having that guy that has that rapport with Aaron Rodgers, where Cobb can kind of dance around a little bit, find the weak spot in his zone and exploit it is so huge. And I think I think it was really Matt LaFleur coming to the realization of that as well of, Hey, we got to get this guy out there on third down more. Mm -hmm. And obviously the injury to MVS probably helped his case to get him on the field more. Yeah. But I really like the idea of going forward with continuing to really put Randall Cobb in those uh, third down situations. Cause he, he just excels at it. Yep. And it was definitely a, uh, you know, hit you right in the feels feel good moment. Randall Cobb getting his first touchdown back at yeah. Lambeau, getting his first Lambeau leap in a couple of years. 
that was just fun to see. Yeah, it was awesome for nostalgia purposes. And he really helped the offense get out to a great lead. Yep. How about the the few weeks that Eric Stokes has put together? It is playing it is, exceptional. It is truly something. I think a lot of rookie cornerbacks struggle and they usually can't shake that struggle. But I feel like anytime Stokes has made a so-called mistakes, and obviously during the 49ers game, he got called on two, in my opinion, bogus pass interferences and holdings. But anytime he lets up a reception, you know that he's not going to let that determine the rest of his game. You know, he had a few uh, lapses early in the Steelers game. And then later on in the game, I feel like he was shut down. And especially once Jair left, obviously, you're kind of hinting at his interception as well, which, Mm -hmm. you know, usually rookie cornerbacks do not get interceptions this early on in the season. You might see it later on in the season, but to have that happen in week four is truly something special. And it was a great play by him. It wasn't just a popped up ball that landed in his hands and he had been in the right spot. That was a great play by him. It was him running stride for stride against one of their receivers and making an incredible play on the ball. Yep. You, you mentioned it earlier too. Very unfortunate to see Jair go down with the AC sprain. Uh, hopefully he can get back sooner than later. Uh, I was listening to a former corner earlier this week, talk about the injury and he has seen guys in his uh, experience. And it was Darius Butler. He had talked about how he has seen guys with the same injury and come back the next week. It's just a matter of pain management. It doesn't mean you're not in pain. It yeah. sucks. It's brutal, but you can play through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now in, in Jair's case, there's been conversations of possibly needing to have surgery. They're trying to avoid that. That may not be needed. Uh, but you know, we could get Jair back sooner. It's just a matter of pain management and how he feels in, in the next couple of weeks and having like the most conservative medical staff in the NFL with the Green Bay <laughs> Packers, they are not going to rush him back out there. Yeah. And I, I don't think if the possibility is still on the table because, Obviously, if he gets surgery, I feel like Matt LaFleur has been pretty clear with that ends his season. But if he can heal from this with not needing surgery and we can get him back to, you know, 90 to 100 percent later in the season, I think you letting him rest will be so much more beneficial than trying to get, you know, 40 percent out of him or 50 percent out of him obviously it's a it's a shoulder injury it doesn't have much to do with his legs and his speed makes up a lot of his game but also another part of his game is being physical bumping and running with corners you know forcing them to take steps that they don't want to take in running their routes so i definitely think that if they can get him back later in the year and having three I mean, obviously, Jair Alexander being a generational talent at cornerback, Eric Stokes being a rising star at cornerback, you add um, Kevin King into the mix. And here's the thing with Kevin King, and we'll talk about him a little bit uh, in a minute here because it looks like he will be playing this Sunday. But if he is your cornerback three, he is better than any other cornerback three in the NFL, just with how well he plays. And he has the experience of being a one and a two, and he can carry that. Just don't tell the people on Facebook that. Yeah. Don't tell anyone on the Packers. (laughs) (laughs) The people on the Packers Facebook groups absolutely hate Kevin King. Yeah. Scorched earth for Kevin King. I I mean, I don't, 
I don't think you're going to find a better role cornerback than Kevin King. And also obviously having Isaac Yadam, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want him on the field as much. Uh-huh. Uh, you definitely want Kevin King out there. And then, I mean, 100%. we could also see what the Packers new cornerback Rizal Douglas can do as well. Right. For sure. Any other uh, thoughts on this one before we uh, move ahead and talk about some of the news from this week? I don't think so. It was a great NFC North against AFC North game. We got another one coming this Sunday. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's kind of look at what's happened this week. Uh, Packers fans got, you know, used again, as it were, <laughs> as we've experienced in the last few years. Uh, star player says he wants, or apparently rumored that he wants to play in Green Bay. And then the fan base gets all riled up. Everyone gets excited. And then he ends up getting, uh, you know, traded or signed elsewhere. And that's what we experienced with Stephen Gilmore uh, saying, apparently, Leaky, he wanted to play with the Packers. And then at the last minute before he gets cut, the Patriots trade to Carolina for a sixth round pick. Yeah. And I think the Packers had no business being in trade talks, obviously signing him as a free agent for this year. And this year only would have been something different, but if you're a Packers fan, you should have a sigh of relief that we didn't trade for him just because the Panthers took on all that money that he was owed. Mm -hmm. I think it was over a $15 million cap hit, which the Packers do not have, which jeopardizes them bringing guys back like Jair Alexander to a long-term deal, Devontae Adams to a long-term deal, Elkin Jenkins deal in a few years. That would have thrown a wrench in those kind of future plans if this deal would have happened. And I honestly feel like he probably did want to come to Green Bay if he would have hit free agency because it's a great shot at winning a Super Bowl. It's playing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's the possibilities are endless there, but obviously the Patriots were looking to at least get some compensation for him. And obviously getting a six round pick, which doesn't sound great, but the Panthers taking on all that money was the huge win for the Patriots. So yep. Packers fans don't give, don't put your hope in these things too much, but <laughs> don't get wild. It, had, it, had it had me cause I kept checking Twitter the morning of, and then I kind of like towards the end of it was like, Oh wow, this is like heating up. Then the next time I opened up Twitter and refreshed it, it said he went to the Panthers and was like, well, we got used again. We got used again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But then, but then, instead of feeling like we were going to have fall for it twice and yes. have the rug pulled over underneath us with another player, the Packers were able to sign linebacker Jalen Smith, former Cowboy. Uh, great pickup. Definitely fits a need. Fills yeah. in depth. The guy can tackle. Yeah. That's what it means a lot to me is he can actually tackle. Yeah. And Which Packers have too. been doing better at tackling, but um, a few points on Jalen Smith is that mm-hmm. he went to college at Notre Dame, had a significant injury. His draft stock kind of plummeted. Jerry Jones still took a risk on him, but funny enough, one of his coaches at Notre Dame was Matt LaFleur. So kind of yep. reconnecting them two. And the thing with Jalen Smith is the first two years of his career, I mean, he was lights out. He looked yeah. like a great value pick where um, 
uh, Jerry Jones took him. But, you know, people look at the tape this year, they say he struggled. But I would say, you know, it looks like everyone on the Cowboys defense struggles besides Micah Parsons. And mm-hmm. uh, what is his name? Trayvon Diggs. Yes. But yes. Um, I definitely like this pickup. You have Joe Barry, who seems to be the linebacker whisperer of our generation. Apparently. Turned Devondre Campbell into a young Ray Lewis, as I texted <laughs> you earlier in the week. So I, I think he has a blank canvas in Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith has the body and the speed to be a great linebacker in this. Hundred percent. I don't know if he can get him to great level, but if he can play to the level that he got Devondre Campbell and Chris Barnes to play at, I'm excited. And fantastic. Here, here's a great thing, Packers fans: is one, he can probably contribute on special teams, and two, he is a hell of a lot better than Oren Burks and Ty Summers at line, inside linebacker. Three. I was hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> and it, also, it means he, Ty Summers is not playing. Yeah, that's what we need. Yes, and it also he has great uh, versatility because he can also rush the passer a little bit. Yep, for sure. So it was a great pickup. A uh, great pickup indeed, and so that that helped the the heartbreak a little bit of people who were still yeah. disappointed from the Steph, uh, the Stephon Gilmore thing. Being able to pick up Jalen was a big thing indeed. Uh, yeah. Okay, Daniel, let's uh, let's look ahead here. Let's uh, look towards the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Should be a fun one. Two, three, and one teams heading on the road. Another AFC North matchup. What are your uh, initial thoughts on this one? I. Th- don't think my initial thoughts have changed since our schedule, our record prediction show. I think the Packers could struggle in this one. Yes. I, I really do. I think first noon start of the season. Going, on the, going on the road. It's still going to be a little warm in Cincinnati, it sounds like. And also an uh, unfamiliar opponent with a young quarterback who can do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. this one's going to be tough. I, I, I can give a score prediction in a minute, but I think that the Bengals are going to give the Packers all that they can handle. Yep. And obviously if we can have a guy like Elkin Jenkins back, that will be tremendously huge, but it also sounds like Josh Myers may not be able to go. So maybe having mm-hmm. to put Jenkins in at center and keeping Yash out at left tackle, that would be something obviously you definitely want uh, Jenkins at left tackle and Myers at center, but you know, you just kind of have to think through these possibilities, but this is a game where I think the running game is going to have to be huge because 100%. on the road, I think we saw it in San Francisco, keeping that run game going and then finding Devonte Adams to do his thing will be huge. hundred percent. It's, it's interesting. It depends on what Bengals team shows up, right? Are we going to get the yeah. Bengals team? that looked good and was feisty against the Jaguars, or are we going to get the one that kind of laid an egg against the bears and turn the ball over a lot? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's hard to assess these teams uh, and know where they're at, but it, it's going to be interesting, especially with a young quarterback. They've had some time since they played last Thursday. So they're coming off a bit of a mini buy. Uh, definitely a stark difference than playing Ben Roethlisberger towards the end of his career, <laughs> kind of washed up versus a young uh, budding quarterback in Joe Bur- Burrow, who I like a lot. Yeah, I think Joe Burrow has showed that he can play some ball. I think 
between him and Justin Herbert, I mean, those two guys are looking like the cream of the crop in that draft class. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And Who just are, to, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say an interesting note about what Matt Lafleur had to say about this game and being the first noon game as he said this phrase we're gonna have to come out and wake up with our piss hot (laughs) is that an actual quote this is the this is the exact quote they've got to wake up with their piss hot and then Rob Demosky asked what does that kind of mean what does piss hot means and he said it's just a mentality can I get that on a t-shirt please (laughs) I, I'm wondering what that means, but I really do. If this is what our coach, Matt LaFleur, says we need to do, then let's get the piss hot to this week. <laughs> Whatever having you, the piss You can hot. find this quote. This is not made up. This is not made up. I believe you, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I missed that one completely. Oh, man. That's why Matt LaFleur is my coach. I love him so much. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, so good. Oh, man. I don't even know where to go from there. Where do you <laughs> want to go from there? <laughs> you want to go to key players or the Bengals injury report? Uh, let's talk about the Bengals injury report. Okay. Well, uh, Jesse Bates, a really, really good safety that they have, is a full participant. He was out mm-hmm. last week against the Jaguars. Sounds like he's going to be a go. Uh, one to watch. Uh, that has other significance is Joe Mixon has not practiced the last two days Mm. with an ankle injury, which obviously would be huge for them as a lot of what they do comes from what Joe Mixon can do. They're running back. And then Trey Waynes, the old cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings, the week of playing Devontae Adams did not have an injury listed on Wednesday, but today, Thursday, was a limited participant with a hamstring. He's scared. He's, you can say that he's scared <laughs> to face the best wide receiver in the NFL yep, this week. That's what we're going to go with. And that is, is the he Bengals is report. Yes. <laughs> also, a, a bunch of names on this Packers injury report, man. I mean, the Packers have been blessed the last two years yeah. with a lack of injuries, and, and they are definitely paying the price this year. Uh, with the long list of injuries that they're dealing with here. Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones, like you mentioned earlier, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. Josh Myers might not even be able to play. Chris Barnes, I mean, it's, it sounds like Chris Barnes could be able to play. Which yeah, will definitely help. It, it sounds like Chris Barnes and Kevin King are practicing again, which they both have concussions. So once they get cleared for protocol, it sounds like they'll be back in the fold. Yep, for sure. All right. I'm trying to think here. Where else can we go? Who are your key players? We'll go to key players. My key players are Kevin King. If he plays, honestly, yeah. I think uh, obviously it sounds like Jair Alexander is going to be out for this game. So having another cornerback with Eric Stokes and Chandon Sullivan will be huge. Don't rule it out that Darnell Savage might not play a little bit more slot corner this week with Jair Alexander being out because I think definitely Kevin King and Eric Stokes is um, their best attributes are perimeter corner boundary corner so I definitely think the Packers could possibly shake up 
that star nickel cornerback position because I don't think that Shannon Sullivan has been playing all that great. He got burnt mm-hmm. by Juju twice on Sunday and Ben Roethlisberger just straight up missed Juju. So yeah. those are things that you definitely want to clean up. And I also think that Henry Black and Adrian Amos can hold down the back end. So might as well mm. let Darnell Savage run wild a little bit. Love it. Love that call out. Uh, for me, it's going to be Eric Stokes. The kid's yeah. going to get tested, man. <laughs> He's going to get up getting matched up with Jamar Chase. Yeah. One of the fastest wide receivers in the league. Fortunately, uh, they they played against each other in college. They're both young, fresh legs. Uh, but that's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah. See how that's that one be an plays all, out. That's going to be an all-out brawl. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm excited for it. For sure. Uh, any any other thoughts on uh, any other key players or any other thoughts in the game before we uh, go into score predictions? Um, I would say on offense, uh, AJ Dillon. Let's see him kind of stack successes. Has a really good game um, last week against the Steelers, and I'd like to see him kind of build on that success. And if we do get up by a few scores, let's pound the ball. Let's yep. Let's see what we can do and establish um, the run. Establish the run. That's key. <laughs> uh, how ner- I have a scale of one to ten. How nervous are you? About a seven or an eight. I'm more mm. nervous about this game than the 49ers game. Interesting. Hmm. I'm we're more sitting, of a five. I'm in the middle. We're sitting here on Thursday, and I am uh, shaking in my boots a little bit. And wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting to see where you're at with. I'm about again. I'm a five. I'm kind of just in the middle. Yeah. I'll, I'll obviously get more and more ner- nervous about it when the game gets here. I always get nervous for every game. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, but also just being a nervous wreck. <laughs> it's 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 just the best and the worst and the best. Uh, what is your score prediction for the game? Well, I think it's going to be 31-24 Green Bay Packers. I'm really nervous, but I feel like this is one in the Matt LaFleur era that doesn't, that won't turn out how it would under Mike McCarthy, in all honesty. Hmm. I feel like interesting. I feel like it will be close. I could see us getting down a little bit during the game. I definitely think this is one of those games where you might want to take the ball first and just Hmm. try to get, obviously I think it will be pretty Packers heavy in the crowd, but maybe not to the way that uh, it would help them in any way. I feel like it could still be a disadvantage on offense. So I like the idea of taking the ball and just trying to take out momentum. Hmm. Cause if you give the ball to Cincinnati and the Packers lay an egg on that first drive, it could be tough to get those wheels turning and get your piss and hot. (laughs) Gotta get the piss hot. Oh, I cannot believe that. That was an actual quote. Uh, my score prediction is 27-17 Green Bay. It would not shock me, like you said, for them to start slow, the Bengals to get an early lead, but it ends up in the Packers' favor. And I think they win this one. I think I think they take care of business here. I like it. It's a game that they should win. They should, they're an elite team, I would say. And you have to big brothers these teams that are trying to kind of make a name for themselves. 100%. 100% agree. Well, Daniel, let's uh, let's get out of here. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at Daniel Marhenka. That's M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Where can people find you at on the internet, Austin? 
You can find me on Twitter at Austin Agan. More importantly, you can follow at Titletown Post on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, MySpace, LinkedIn. The last two I just made up. That's a joke. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all the latest news and Packers content. Uh, we always got stuff coming out over there, and you can keep up with uh, some good stuff there. Also, be sure to follow the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, leave a review. Let us know what you think. Be a friend. Tell a friend. We appreciate it. Until next time, see ya. Adios.